congratulations. You found it. The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time. They are three book girls. Well, here we are for another time traveling episode. Time travelers is what we are. We have no idea when we're going to play this back. And maybe we should introduce who we're talking to. Oh, gosh, really? Maybe. This is Rachel Young. She's the one that we met at Full Circle. When was that? A month ago? Yeah, maybe about, about a, month? a month or so. Yeah. She met us at Full Circle, and it was really cool because we, we got to meet somebody who who's brand new. We got to talk books. I was a little starstruck. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny that somebody would be starstruck to talk to us. It was I even know. worse last night because you were all there. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I listen to these people and they know so much more than I do. It was a lot of fun. It really was. You liked it last night? Yeah, it was. Cool. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Driving all the way from Amarillo. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were super scared we were going to be late and just like, let's. Okay, speed limit, just forget about it. Let's go. <laughs> That's only a suggestion anyways. The, yeah, yeah, the speed limit is just a suggestion. That's what you tell the the uh, trooper when he pulls you over. Yeah. <laughs> Good well, luck with that. I, I didn't want to be late either because I'm one of those people who I, I don't want to walk in and have everybody look at you because I didn't know how many people were going to be there. Yeah, I have that issue too. After the live podcast. So after last night, you know, Vani had some issues. With alcohol and you should medicine. never drink and, and mix your medicines and all that other bullshit. Well, I was feeling better. I thought it would be okay. <laughs> it was really the alcohol talking? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I blame Elk Valley for bringing awesome, lovely, delicious beer. That cucumber one was the bomb. I wasn't that big of a fan of the cucumber one. I, I was more towards the dark side, but I always do the dark side. So anyway. Travis loves like IPAs and all the dark beers. Uh-huh. He did not. He, he didn't like that one? He did not like the pumpkin one at all. But he And he was like, the cucumber one, he doesn't really like cucumber, but he was like, it's not bad. Huh. But yeah, he did cu- like, they had more beer for sale than what. Yeah, the, uh, Magic Juice is what I had. Um, I really love that one. The Firefly one. Oh. Uh, he loves the Firefly mm. from okay. Elk Valley. That's what Mike was drinking. Was yep. Firefly. Mm. Yep. And I'm a Magic Juice girl, which is weird because that whole grapefruit beer thing. That's the first time I've ever liked one because this is the first time it's not bitter. Because yeah. usually the grapefruit beers and the IPAs are really, you know. They're sour. Ugh. There's like a sour beer. I don't, I don't like that bitter aftertaste. Now, last again. night, um, uh, Catherine's sister, I don't, I can't remember her real name, but we ca- they call her Bud. Bud let me taste one of her beers that she had, and it was a sour beer, like dark sour beer. Was that at the place we went afterwards? At, right. At oh, the okay. after party, like I needed any more alcohol, right? <laughs> but uh, she goes, "Can I have a gimlet?" I'm like, "Jesus Christ! What are you? In a, what What is your name, Thelma? <laughs> Hi, my name's Thelma. Could you get, Could you lend me a cigarette? I I already hey. had three packs today. Hey, could you get me a gimlet too, honey? You mind grabbing me a gimlet while I finish this cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> like Estelle on Friends. Exactly. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> yeah, I never. I used to in my in my previous life. In her younger, one of wild my days. previous lives, I was a cocktail waitress for like twenty minutes. <laughs> and I worked as a bar back sometimes as well, and and I learned all of those cocktails that no one but the really old guys. And the really serious alcoholics order, like a Manhattan a gimlet? or a gimlet or a martini. I was like, I always thought martinis were real glamorous until the bartender made me one. I was like, straight vodka. Why the fuck <laughs> would anybody drink rubbing alcohol with an olive in it? I don't understand this. <laughs> what is the point of this? Because <laughs> that's what it tasted like to me. Like mm. no, I don't think so. Is it vodka? Is that what's in a yeah. martini? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or gin? Or gin? Yeah. I was gonna say I've heard it with gin. gin. And if I've, you have I've it never dirty, what's dirty mean? Is that what they put olive juice in it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sometimes you can go like uh, 
they'll have flavored ones that are pretty good. Well, yeah. But yeah. I can't just drink straight. It's I mean, a, let me. I cannot sip vodka. This is I'm the, sorry. <laughs> you guys, this is the olden days when they did not have such a thing as the flavored vodkas you see in the bar today. Mm. All you had was like straight ass fucking vodka. vodka. Mm-hmm. And then if you put other stuff in it, of course, you know. Let me tell you, the cucumber vodka they came out with is the greatest invention ever. And it is perfect if you get a club special, which half the people listening to this probably don't know what that is. Because apparently it was invented in Oklahoma and that nobody really... I mean, I'm like, I went to it. Mexico and so, ordered one and they were like, what so is that? So what you're saying, it's not even a real thing. We made it up. I guess so. Okay. But anyways, if you add, so if you order a club special with the cucumber vodka, it is the most refreshing drink it's that you will get drunk off of because you'll have five of them because <laughs> you feel realize. like you're drinking cucumber water. Well, what's in it? Cucumber, just, just club special. Yeah. I don't know. Let me Google it. Ugh. I was going to say, here you that. are talking about Oklahoma City having invented it, and then you're not even going to share the freaking recipe? That's just cruel. It's vodka, limeade, and Sprite with an ice, and then you add, you, and then you fill it up with club soda, and then you garnish with lime and lemon. So then, then you use, if you use cucumber vodka with it, it's just oh. this very refreshing. It's uh, in Oklahoma, like any golf course you go to, that's really where they serve them the most. Well, I always hang out at the golf course. It is so delicious and refreshing. I first had one at the country club. (laughs) Buffy and I had one. Guys, I work for a sports radio station. I get stuck going to golf tournaments. (laughs) And that really is where the first time I had one And you get the guy over there on the end uh, who's, who's... has the has a bar stool with his name on it, and he orders the Manhattan every time. Jesus, that's a scary drink. <laughs> Manhattan. What is a Manhattan? A Manhattan it's... is like straight whiskey with with like with a cherry juice or something. It's a uh, rye that... whiskey, so which is like really really strong. killer. Okay. And then uh, vermouth and bitters. Yeah, that's nasty mm. shit. And right they there. usually put like a cherry inside of it, yeah. which that doesn't really add anything to it. No. <laughs> it just makes it look like less alcohol, like you're, like you're an alcoholic if they put a cherry in yeah. it. It's in a fancy so don't order a, Ma- a Manhattan unless you like whiskey. <laughs> no. Rye, Rye whiskey. whiskey. No, thank you. I don't think I'll be drinking any Manhattans today. Well, you did have a gimlet. A gimlet sounds delicious. I like vodka drinks. Oh, okay. It's like raspberry vodka and like lime oh, juice. Oh, well, yeah. I, I mean, it, it was sounds. Pretty, yeah, it sounds much less. Harsh I mean, it you, was a little sour, the flavored and I'm not really vodkas. huge on sour, but I, I'm even less huge on real sweet. Mm. So, What would be the perfect book cocktail, do you think, Rachel? They have an entire book called... Hold on. I know, because we gave it to Kayla. Is that Tequila Mockingbird? Yeah, tequila, tequila Mockingbird. Mar- we gave that to Kayla. But I'm yeah. just wondering, on from your standpoint, Rachel, what, what would be your favorite book cocktail a cocktail that you might enjoy whilst reading probably wouldn't be a cocktail i would say for me a really sweet wine sweet wine Mm. a white or red i'm okay with either um there's actually a friend of ours just introduced um my husband and i to um it's called electra electra yeah is that a superhero it has a very neat looking woman on the outside of it so i'm gonna say yes uh, um a white moscato um oh. and it's super sweet but they have a red and it's called red electra um and they had brought that over to our house one night so huh. that would be electra pour me another glass of wine please <laughs> <laughs> alexis and electra could be like best friends yeah i bet i bet she'd answer to that too it sounds similar <laughs> enough she'd be like I don't know what you mean. <laughs> it's good enough. Just drink it right out of the bottle. As <laughs> I, I had a rough day at work a while, like last week, and I came home and my husband's like, so how was your day as I'm grabbing the wine out of it? <laughs> he went to get me a glass and I'm like, nope, don't even need that. I just don't need it. <laughs> We're not even using great. a glass today. That's yep. what kind of day it was. <laughs> and it's so good. I mean, I could drink the whole bottle. So what do you do? What's your what's your profession outside of being um, a book lover? I am a clinical social worker. Wow. And I work with individuals with um, primarily substance use, but um, mental illness is always oh, tied in there, too. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Super stressful job. Yeah. Totally mm-hmm. worth it, though. Yeah. I love my job. That's cool. That's good. 
Just a reminder that the Goldfinch movie comes out September 13th of this year. We might have to have a group outing for that one. You think, maybe? No, because you're going to talk over the whole movie. I won't talk over the whole movie. (laughs) That's another book that on my library app is never available. So I'm just going to have to break down and put it on hold. I don't normally like to do that. Put it on hold. Yeah. That is literally the only book we all have in common. Yeah. We did an event, entire event, where all three of us agreed on books. Yeah, there were three. (laughs) Four. And, um... Night Circus. We all liked okay. Night Circus. Yeah. Well, I guess there are three or four books. Not very many, though. That's yeah, my whole out point. Out of, what, like three years? We've had <laughs> three or four books. <laughs> Tried to do a live event around a second group of books we all have in common. Yeah, Not it's going to happen. happen. Nope. <laughs> Nobody else is interested in doing an entire podcast on the Discworld series. Crickets. <laughs> See what I mean? I don't want to read the Discworld. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, you don't have to. I won't make you read Pillars of the Earth if you don't make me read Discworld. Thank you. Kayla about come out of her fucking skin last night. Somebody said, somebody said, um, uh, it was super dry. Ooh, dry like the Pillars of the Earth. And Kayla about lost her tiny mind. Who was it that said that? I didn't hear it. Yeah. And somebody's like, don't you say that in front of Vani. Oh, I think it was Alyssa that said it. Maybe that's when I went to the bathroom or something. No, I think it was at lunch. Because oh, you weren't, you didn't oh. go to lunch with us. Yeah. yeah, I did not. Yep. Because I just didn't attend, Alyssa so I didn't go that, to lunch and, with them. And Kayla got her, her pissed. Kayla's scary when she's pissed off. <laughs> she got that pissed off look at her face, and she turned around to Alyssa. Don't look funny when you say that. Because <laughs> she really liked, Kayla really liked Pillars of the Earth. Yeah, I've never Dry. read that. Yeah. Love you. Love I, you. I bought it, but I have not read it yet. Because it's another book where I'm going to have to read 30 books first so that so I have that time have, to yeah. read it. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you read all three of them. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. I mean, there, I did yeah. the audio on them, and each one of them are over 30 hours. Oh, yeah. And there's three. I wish I've, I could <gasps> listen to I've read them twice. <laughs> <laughs> and and she had, every time a new one comes out, she has to read all the previous ones again before I read the new one. Wow. Because yeah. I have to read. I mean, you She's have to insane, read all of them. telling you. Before you read the new one, because what if you forget what happens? But they're not connected. I understand that. I well, still oh, have to not? read them. <laughs> they're not connected? No. Maybe. It's about, I don't like, know. <laughs> very, very slight, tenuous connection. 200 years previous, they're Listen, connected. <laughs> when I eat M&Ms, I always have to eat the green ones last. It makes no sense. See what I'm telling you? It makes, this woman makes no sense. It doesn't matter if there's only one green one in there or if there's five, I'm eating that one last. I'm with her on the M&M thing. You have to separate the colors and then you eat Eat the colors. And then they have to be even too. Yeah. (laughs) I usually break this to you guys, but all M&Ms taste exactly the same. (laughs) What I usually do just to, you know, let you know how much of a freak I really am. I like to lay out the M&Ms and then separate them by colors and then figure out which one has the least amount to the most amount except for the green because the green is always last. And I eat the ones from the smallest amount to the biggest amount and yes. the green. Yes. Blah, I'm glad blah, to know blah. I'm not the only one. No, I do that. Awesome. I totally do it. <laughs> you guys are freaks, man. You got to even out the pile. And then certain colors can go together. It just depends. Yeah. But I like to eat them two at a time as well. You got to be eaten in pairs. Yeah. <laughs> And sometimes, like like she said, you eat like specific, you'll like line them up and see which ones have the exact same amount so that you can eat those two together because then it's always the same combination until you get to your next color. You people make my brain hurt. <laughs> it's really a very simple system. <laughs> I would never eat an M&M again if I were you guys. <laughs> the Chocolate. same applies with Skittles or right. really anything in that genre. Oh, Anything that's colored and you can separate. I used to do that with animal crackers. You would dump them out and put all the animals together. Oh, and then sometimes I would break them in half so that I'd have just a pile of heads and a pile of butts. <laughs> okay, that I've never done. <laughs> Somewhere on the serial killer spectrum, like torturing. So I have a pile of heads over here and a pile of torsos over here. What did you do with the heads? You eat them. (laughs) I 
keep really them. S- I have them in a can in my cupboard. <laughs> that really sounds Although wrong. Although I'm like that with chips. Like I like to eat the broken ones first and save the, the whole ones or the big ones for last. It's more satisfying. <laughs> and your food issues. Holy shit. We could have a whole podcast about food issues. <laughs> yes, you could. But I think we're going to have to transition Yes, because we are here about books because we are three book girls, not three eating girls, because we're here for books, not for food. Speak for yourself. Although food is pretty awesome. (laughs) I take some food right about now. Yeah, I was going to say, when are we eating? We're going to breakfast after this. I don't give a shit what else happens. (laughs) The Sunday morning is bad enough when you're hangry. (laughs) Is that hungover and hungry and angry? So that ha ha hungry, ha ha hangry, hangry. <laughs> All right. Okay. So the book that I picked this week is called White Houses by Amy Bloom, and this is about the intimate relationship between Eleanor Roosevelt and Lorena Hickok. Okay. So when I. <clears throat> originally picked up this book, I thought it would be more about Eleanor Roosevelt, and it's really more about Lorena Hickok and about her life. And for anyone who doesn't know who she is, she was one of the very first women journalists, and she said a lot of firsts for women in that field and for women, period. And she had a close, intimate relationship with Eleanor Roosevelt. She met Um, her when she was doing an interview while her husband was running for president. They just kind of hit it off and they became friends and they started hanging out together and sharing moments. And eventually Lorena um, Hickok had a bedroom right off of um, Franklin and Eleanor Roosevelt's bedroom Mm. and lived at the White House. And I'll put on my church lady voice right there. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. I mean, there's, there's a little, um, it, it kind of, in this book, it kind of gives the impression that they were more than just friends, that they were lovers also, and that she was like her mistress, which Franklin Roosevelt had a mistress too, which Eleanor knew about. And of course, Franklin knew about Lorena because she lived there. <laughs> so it's it was interesting, but it tells a lot about um, Lorena Hickok's life and growing up, and it, it tells about... Eleanor Roosevelt's life and her growing up and everything. And it's it's really interesting. They talk about who's the woman pilot who went missing. Oh, over Amelia the, Earhart. Yeah, Amelia Earhart and about a lot of people in history. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was pretty, it was interesting. I liked it. Of course, I like history and I like to read about people's personal lives that you don't know. So what you're saying is if you had a choice of a superpower, yours would probably be invisibility so you could lurk. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I probably would be. Lurker. Not because, like, you know, I want to freak people out. I just like to know about people's lives and why they are the way they are. Mm-hmm. You should have become a social worker. I actually thought about it for a while, but I didn't know if I could handle the emotions of being a the social horror. worker. The horror. Well, just because I thought that I would get too involved with clients and then their heartaches would be my heartaches. And I just thought that same reason why I didn't become a nurse. Because I had a lot of people tell me that I should be a nurse when I was growing up. And um, because with my sister, I spent a lot of time in hospitals and stuff. And all of the nurses told me that. But I just, I would get too attached to patients. And then every time something would happen to them and be like they happened to me. And then I would be going home wrecked every single night. And I would be, you know, doing the double fisting bottles of the wine. (laughs) Yeah, I never said double. <laughs> <laughs> but wine was part of our very first conversation on this podcast, Rachel. So I thought wow. maybe, maybe that wouldn't be a good career choice for me. <laughs> <laughs> you have to know your limitations, and I know that I would just get too involved. Yeah. I just, I wouldn't be able to separate, which I, I think that that would be difficult, especially yeah, like for would. nurses that work like in the NICU and with all those Little sick babies, I, it would break my heart every day. I need a different kind of stress in my job, not that kind of stress. <laughs> but again, this was called White Houses by Amy Bloom. I think that if you're interested in inner look of at White House life, that maybe you would like it. That does sound really good, though. It is pretty good. And 
Lorena um, Hickok came from a very super, super poor family, and she was actually hired out to work at other people's homes when she was like 13. So she did not have a really good childhood, and it kind of made it a little more interesting because knowing that she came from such a poor family and like she got a scholarship to school because she was super smart, but her scholarship like didn't pay for like food and clothes. So she would work as a hired help in a kitchen so that she could eat the leftovers off of other people's plates so that she would have food. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like, and she, and then she set, you know, first for uh, women in journalism yeah, I think it's really nice to see that, you know, because we've always had these in-depth pictures and looks at our male historical figures. But I think mm-hmm. it's really nice to see some of these things coming out about, you know, women in history and what they've done for maybe career paths or, you know, just their lives in general um, right. and th- the things that they persevered through. So, I mean, if for no other reason, that's why I'm interested in that. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, she even joined, was part of a circus for a couple of weeks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> As what? Mom, I'm running away to join the circus. <laughs> she did She did PR stuff. She wasn't like, you know, part of the show. But still, it's still, I don't know. It was really interesting. And like I said, it was kind of, an, kind of a surprise because I thought it would be more about Eleanor Roosevelt and less about Lorena Hicks. And it was exactly the opposite. Wow. So, <laughs> but yeah, it was really good. I liked it. Actually, Kayla found it for me at the book fair because <laughs> Kayla knows my taste. <laughs> You so, Rachel, are you going to go next? Sure, I can go next. Okay. Am I close enough? Yes. I don't want to lick it. That's can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Mm, yeah. No, yummy, we'd rather yummy. you not lick the microphone. Well, you know, you know, I'm not quite sure where that has probably been. on there. That's so disgusting. Don't okay. even think about it. I think that. I want to go home now. Because <laughs> it's really close to my face. <laughs> She's going to be spraying the lights on her face. Rachel's, yeah. Rachel's husband, Tom, is a, what we would call in the business, a jock. Which means basically he has the same job I do. It's a similar job. He works on the morning show on a station in Amarillo. Mm-hmm. But so you're you've been around this stuff. I have. I have. I feel. I feel like though some of the microphones I've seen are are like metal. They don't have. I don't know. Oh, it all freaks me out. They so. don't. They don't have the spit cover like we do. Oh. It's okay. The spit cover doesn't do anything beneficial. <laughs> it just keeps you from <laughs> popping your peas, which I have a problem with. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, it's it's still gross. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. So, it is yeah. so gross. Yeah. So I'm amazed he doesn't get sick more. I mean, yeah. He... And luckily, there's no beard hair in that one. No, I shaved before. No, not you. <laughs> oh, okay. In the mud. We appreciate mud. that. Yeah, you're welcome. Although we're, we're not mud above cover. bearded book girls. <laughs> I had it waxed before. <laughs> you crack me up. Didn't want to leave oh. any evidence behind. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to leave, leave any uh, trace evidence on that mic cover. Right. <laughs> we might get your DNA. <laughs> it was Rachel. Yep. It happened. Um, the book that I actually, I, I reread it because I first read it, I want to say last year, but I reread it again yesterday because, oh, you know, So you nerves. did this, did you do the skim? No, actually. So when I read it last year, I read a physical copy, well, an ebook oh, copy, but. It must um, be really short if you could do it in one day. It was like, I want to say eight hours, okay, and almost yeah. eight and a half hours, mm-hmm. but I actually stumbled across it on nook so i'm super cheap like most people (laughs) and um i will always go through the um section of free nook books well and this was on there and the picture caught me immediately on Mm -hmm, it and the mm -hmm. title it's um so it's called malevolent by jana de leon and so i was like well you know i saw there were some other books in the series i'm like it's free it's not gonna hurt anything and i started reading it and i read it super quickly and it's actually the first book in a series and it's called the shea archer series each book is, it's really unique because, and they have to be read in order. So book one, Malevolent, you get to know the main character, Shay. She is a young private investigator who just started her own firm. She's fresh out of college. But one of the first things that you learn about Shay is that she clearly has PTSD. And she was found at the age of, I want to say 12 or 14, just walking down the middle of the road, 
badly beaten and um damn that's the first thing she kind of remembers is waking is being in the hospital and she knows that she can remember snippets of things but she can't remember really any of her childhood and she does not remember who was holding her captive or other things but she has a lot of trigger points um and so her story actually progresses through the books Mm. um but within each book there's also a case that she's working on so in this one she's setting up her office and has moved out of her family home for the first time being very sheltered and she's adopted into this family Uh of a social worker Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't find that out till I started reading it, but I was going to say um, is it this connection. There's a connection there. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times um, that's what sucks you in though. Once you get into a book like that. Yeah. And I yeah. had no idea. They didn't mention anything about that. Um, but what you soon find out is her mother is a social worker, but she comes from a very wealthy family. Oh. Um, so, which is good for her. But the case for this book though, is based on a lady named Emma who comes to Shay's office and says, I'm being stalked. And so she's like, oh, okay. You know, I don't have much experience with those kind of things. But as she starts telling her more, she thinks she's being stalked by her husband. But that isn't possible because she killed her husband. (laughs) So then it becomes, how do we figure this out? What's going on? And of course, she's a little more limited because... She's a private investigator. She's not a police officer. Right. And so trying to get the police involved. And there are some things in this book. I don't want to give too much away because it's extremely twisty and turny. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are a lot of things that pop up in the book and happen. And you're like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) where are we going? Um, I will say there are removal of things that should not be removed from any animal or person or different thing. <laughs> I um, think I'm going to have to. Yes. <laughs> um, and it doesn't lag. I really appreciate Jana DeLeon's writing because mm-hmm. it it's really quick paced and she kind of stays on the story with that. And it it's not too overly done. And I did not guess the ending of this. A, and it kept you like right. And even up to the end, you're like, oh, OK, we've kind of figured. Nope. OK, we haven't figured a thing out. <laughs> no, nope. they do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so this book or this series currently has seven books in it. Seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to be busy for a while. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if they're slated to be more because I've only read four um, and I'm reading five, number five right now. And they all follow different cases. But The other thing that I really appreciate is as the books go on, you start to delve a lot more into Shay's past and Mm -hmm. it is horrific. Oh. And it's, but it, and then it starts to tie into other things at one point. So it, it really kept me entertained and, um, you know what this reminds me a little bit of? Have you ever read anything by Carol O'Connell? Because the main character is Kathy Mallory. She is uh, a young girl who's homeless. She ends up being adopted by a police officer. Oh. Who then... Mm-hmm. So it's it's a series sort of like that, which okay. is why it appeals to me, because I read that series and I really loved it. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah. It this, sounds good. It's it's very good. Um I, and I don't know why I saw after book four, I think I got tied up with some other books and different mm. things I was doing. Um, but the first one sucked me in. And it was one of those after I read it. And it was like I said, it was free at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it still is, but um, I went and just as many as there were, I bought them. So what you're saying is that was a gateway book? It really was. <laughs> it was. Like a gateway drug. Now you know why the first one was free. That's right. They got to wrap you into buying the other one. They yeah. give you the first taste for free. And um, I had never really been on Audible, but from listening to you guys talk, I was like, well, I maybe need to look. And they have all of her books oh. on Audible. Um, oh, I love that. I love Audible so much. Yeah. But the thing I like, too, I, I have purchased them all from Nook so far, and they're they're cheap they're all less than five dollars i think uh-huh. yeah on nook so i'm sure you could find an ebook or i don't read ebooks i i buy them and they go to the kindle graveyard <laughs> <laughs> and i totally forget that i bought them mm-hmm. and and then i'll go on vacation once a year and i take that as like my backup in case my phone dies and because you know you can't go on vacation mm-hmm. without preparing for all possible contingencies I, I told you the cheap method of 
audiobooks. Okay, so do you ever use the Amazon deal too? Like, okay, so on Kindle, yes, you can. I actually have done that. So, uh, like, say you download books. Plus, they have Kindle first. So, like, if you're a Prime member, you get um, like one book free every month from like a selection of five or whatever. But if you have all these books in there, um, and you have Audible too, you can like say there's a book and you don't want to read it, but you want to listen to it. You can upgrade your kindle book to audible and it's usually like two dollars or like like a dollar 99 and you can upgrade so yep. if you're getting the free ones or like if you're buying kindle books for a dollar 99 then you can upgrade can you go for, to so your you're, back category and do that too bad you can't go backwards and do that yeah you can go you can use like any can, of your archived kindle really books. yeah Holy any book shit I'm going to do that. I got a bunch of them on there. Like you can literally go through any of them. I could, because I didn't have it at the library. That happens to me all the time. That's actually really good to know. I might yes. have to this. Oh my God. You go to the more I section. know what I'm doing later. <laughs> Martha's to be read list just got huge. <laughs> yes, it did. But it saves mm. like if a Kindle or if an audio book is normally anywhere from. What else are your thoughts on your book? I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Um, I mean, I thought it was really good. Uh, it it was it was gory. It was definitely a a, a psych thriller, and um, it it just it really kept me entertained and kind of engaged the whole time. Um, and it really kind of makes you think too. Of do I actually know what's going on around me? Do I actually know who's paying attention? Makes you look at people twice. It's like, mm-hmm. right. You and, could be a murderer and I don't know it. Yeah. And the twist at the end, you're just, and there's, there's a scene at the end too that the first time I read it, mm-hmm. and I knew it was coming yesterday when I was listening to it, and it still freaked me out. Oh my gosh. Picturing mm-hmm. it happening, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have an anxiety attack. <laughs> like, I would just die if it happened. Yeah. But I would highly recommend it. Um, she has some other series, but those are classified more as like cozy mysteries. And oh, okay. I don't, that's not mm-hmm. my, my genre. I really like the intense sort of horror, mystery, thriller, mm-hmm. those kind of things. That's, and this series definitely delivers. I haven't been disappointed yet. So, um, hmm. and that was Malevolent by Jana DeLeon. And how many times can you say that word fast? Malevolent, malevolent, malevolent. (laughs) What a great word. And all of her books, too, the covers of I've never seen an actual physical copy of the books. Not that I've looked, but um, so I don't know how that works with her stuff. But um, all of the covers I've seen, I mean, they're all really creepy. And I have I have some pictures of them. And I said, that's initially what pulled my attention. And then I read the synopsis and said, yep, well, this pretty much has my name on it. (laughs) (laughs) Gory book cover. I'm in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. So shall we transition? Okay. So I have a thriller. Thriller. Um, This one is called The Night Before and it's by Wendy Walker. And it was actually sent to me by St. Martin's Press. And it comes out May 14th. But this book was very interesting. It follows the story of Laura, and she had just moved to her sister's house, um, and you know early on that she had a bad breakup. She just decided to come home. Um, she like kind of she left her great job, everything in the city, to move in with her sister, and um, then you find out it's been a while, like a. You, a certain period of time, you don't really know exactly how long, but she decides she's going to try online dating. And you also have, like, she keeps talking about how awful um, she is with men and that she keeps picking the wrong men and that all of her relationships have been awful. And you also know that something happened in her past with, like, an ex-boyfriend or something that is pretty major and it involved somebody screaming in a forest. And that's all you know. at the- mm. So... Um, cryptic, very cryptic. The book really takes place over like three days. Um, and the first day she decides to, she's going to start online dating and she ends up making like this date with some guy mm-hmm. um, in a bar. Mm-hmm. She goes and meets him and then you, like it'll stop and then the perspective goes to her sister who she's living with. Uh. And then so you get this perspective from her sister who loves her sister, her Laura, yeah. mm-hmm. however, she f- 
is the older sister and feels like she's tired of taking care of her little sister and her little sister needs to get over her shit and Mm -hmm. just like and just grow up yeah kind of Mm -hmm. and um you also get the sense that they blame laura for something but you don't know what um yet and then it goes back and to laura and laura's on her date and she kind of gets some creepy vibes from this guy like he told her that he had a bmw and that he um, just got divorced and all this stuff, but then he picks her up in, like, some shitty van and, like, <laughs> or, like, SUV or something, and then... Like it's um, a con man, huh? They have a dirty mattress say, in the back? No. <laughs> I was going to say, does it say free candy on it? <laughs> yeah. So, free books. Free candy, yeah. It, it, so, so as you're going through Laura's date with this guy that she's not really sure... Like, I mean, she, the first time she's meeting him from a internet dating site. Um, but as you're going through that story, you keep getting Rosie's story, um, which is her sister. Uh, Laura goes missing, like, the next morning. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you find that from pretty early on. Uh, but in between those, you also get, like, very small transcripts from Laura's meetings with her psychologist. So you're get, like very short, but you're kind of getting yeah, okay. insight into her therapy sessions. And so it's really fascinating. And you're kind of trying, there's so much going on. You're trying to figure out like what happened in Laura's past. Did she kill somebody or like, like what the hell? Like you have no idea what's going on with that. And, but then she's missing and you know that, but as you're reading and you know, you know that she's missing, you're also getting the glimpse of her date so it, it it just does a really good job of keeping you interested. And I loved the, t- the way they did the timeline because it it just made you, I read this and I like, well, one night I started it because mm-hmm. you told me we were going to have to podcast two books on a Sunday. And I was like, fuck you, Martha. Got to start some book. Yeah, I suck. <laughs> but I read the first hundred pages the first night. And then the next day I was like, the entire day I was craving to read it and then I finished the entire it's 320 pages I finished it the next night so yeah yeah I do that um, sometimes when you get a good one going you're just like oh yeah. so it took me like four hours to read probably the entire thing it was really good um sounds awesome but yeah and it's called the night before by Wendy Walker I've already saved it to my wish list while she was talking. <laughs> yeah. I saw sh- you going in to save it. Yeah. Shona said, she's like, oh, going, to, going over to full circle before I hit the road. <laughs> gotta go get some books. He's got a long drive back to Houston. Yeah. We're going to hit half price books, I think. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kayla, uh, by the way, read this too, and she thought it was four stars. She liked it. Really? And she's not the biggest, like, thriller person. Plus, yeah. you, you at the beginning... You kind of get the sense of an unreliable narrator, like all those books oh, that have been coming yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really not quite as, it's not li- like that, but she does feel sorry for herself. And so you're trying to piece t- all these things together. And But Kayla, when she got through it, she was like, this is actually, she liked it. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> That's good. What was your title in earnest again? Uh, the Night Before by Wendy Walker. I've read actually uh, two or three books during my book hangover from Angel Maker, mm-hmm. I was just really having a hard time getting into anything. You know what that's like. So it's just like you 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 pick up one thing and you go, no, I'm not doing that. that pick book, up another one. No, I'm not doing that. That book got me out of my Outlander. Did it? My, yeah. my small hangover. What, Angel? What was it? Angel, Angel Maker? Maker. That Angel was the Maker. one with the robotic bees and all yes. that cool stuff. I love that shit. So I had to try to find something that was completely different that would catch my attention. And so I I think I first heard from this of this book because I was looking at the giveaways on Goodreads. I don't I never win them obviously, but it automatically puts things on your want to read list when you put them um mm-hmm. when you sign up for a giveaway. So it, it the picture kept popping up in my peripheral vision. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw that the I had library had offered it, I went ahead and um, put myself on the wish list. And then it came out. It's called Tornado Weather 
by Deborah Elaine Kennedy. It's a debut novel, which of course fits my criteria for mm-hmm. this moment because that was that was my plan for the year was to try to read more debut authors. I love hearing fresh voices, people who aren't. I don't know. It just it just feels like such a cool idea to discover an author that you find has a really interesting voice. And obviously, tornado weather in duh, Oklahoma, right? Yeah. So immediate connection, especially since it happens to be severe storm season here in Mm -hmm. Oklahoma and weather porn season, which has officially begun, (laughs) (laughs) where you turn on the TV and the weather people are like, yes, we got a great chance. We're going to get some weather. And then when the storms start to hit the ground, they start yelling and get all (laughs) really super excited. Tornado on the ground. Oh, my God. Tornado Tornado on the the ground. ground. Tornado on the ground. Yeah. There Whoa. are a couple of stations that are not, and then the ones the ones I watch are the ones where, okay, you need to be in your safe space. Right. You know, it's like it's almost like golf, um, play by play. The on the one that I like, okay, between the uh, intersection of this and this, this is where the storm is going to hit. You know, he's all rather like, than a WWE man. Rather like, than right, the guy exactly. like, look at look at that picture. Look at it. Look at it. And you're like. Dude, I don't want to look at it. It scares the fuck out of me. Just tell me where it is. I like it. I'm like, let's go outside. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm not going outside. It all depends on your person, your weather personality. Mine happens to be the calm, reassuring voice. (laughs) Initially, my attention was caught by the title. And then I read the synopsis, which says um, that it's a story of a five-year-old missing girl. Well, that's a little bit mm. outside your comfort zone. No, 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 no. Uh, normally, I wouldn't be interested in missing little kids. I really right. don't. I really don't like those types of books. Mm-hmm. But they sort of are framing it as a mystery um, about this little girl who's in a wheelchair who who goes missing, and that everybody in this tiny little town knows pieces of the puzzle. So they all don't know what they know. And Uh you've got all the secrets of this little town, which if you've ever lived in a small town, you totally (laughs) get that whole vibe from a small town. You have people from different social classes, from different, um, different jobs, and they all and from the school because obviously she's a little girl. Mm-hmm. So and her dad is an employee of the school as well. So he's I think he's a high school teacher. Yeah, he's a high school. He's a high school teacher, and she's a little girl who's in a wheelchair. So you've got kind of a double thing going on there. I thought that. Because her voice is so strong, she has one of those literary voices where immediately when I started reading it, I was interested and engaged, Mm. which doesn't happen with debut authors very often. After I read the book, I went back and was getting ready to leave my review, which I rarely do, but I did leave a review for this one. And I noticed that a lot of people were really dissing it. Really? And it was because the way it was described about this missing girl, about the story sort of being about this missing girl, it's not really a mystery. It's not really about the missing girl. So people were reading it thinking that it was going to be like a murder mystery kind of book. Sort of. And it's really just not. It's not like that at all. It's a really, it's a really authentic representation of small town life. And it feels like it's Oklahoma, even though I think it takes place in Indiana. So it's got that, it's got sort of a... Midwestern? Yeah, it's got that Midwestern vibe. I actually said in my in my uh, review, it has the authenticity of the characters that speak to my grubby Midwestern soul. <laughs> because, you know, when you grow up poor in a small town, you get a whole view, different view of life than maybe some people who grew up in a different social class. Right. So it's more of a sociological look at it is. That it is. It's got that that undertone of racism that in some small towns is really super strong, mm-hmm. where people are openly 
behaving in such a way that is offensive, very offensive. You mm-hmm. have people and, and actually this one group, the family of this girl who's in the same class as this teacher whose daughter is missing. Her dad calls up the school because she got a bad grade and invites the teacher over, who's he's Hispanic, invites him over to dinner so that he can haze him and threaten him because he's Mexican and they're white supremacists. Mm. So you have this and he's like sitting there talking about his guns and points a gun. I mean, it's just terrible, terrible, awful people. And wow. then this tornado hits. Wow. So it's like all of this stuff going on and you're... The characters are so incredibly rich in this book. It did have some problems. Plot-wise, it was not a perfect book. But you know what? I really didn't care because it just had such a strong, I don't know, I love authentic characters. I love it when I am so engaged in the book. And even though, like I said, my my little back brain was going, "Ah," on some of the sections, especially closer to the end it didn't matter to me at all because I really liked it and for me I'm like okay this book is going on my shelf because if this is her debut novel and she's gonna she's go gonna be really great she's also a journalist this girl is so she's written a lot she just hadn't had a novel up to this point it sounds almost like um a little bit like little fires everywhere by Celeste it, it is it has some similarities to that, but the, the class is lower. Oh, It's a yeah. lower mm-hmm. class of people and, and more Midwestern mm-hmm. because it takes place in, it's more trailer park, mm-hmm. really, than Little Fires Everywhere was suburbs. You know what I'm saying? It, it has that whole different feel to it. Mm-hmm. But you re- it really feels like a small town. I, mm-hmm. I just was like right there because I'm from a small town. Yeah. So you totally can get that feel from it. Even if, even if that's totally not where you came from, you could really get a feel for it if you read this book. I'm almost afraid to because I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, that was written about my hometown. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, exactly. <laughs> the, that casual racism, that, you know, grubby trailer park vibe mm-hmm. that you get when you grow up in that kind of a situation and you don't really realize it until you leave and you're like, Oh damn, my dad was a bigot, dude. <laughs> I really, honestly, I started to understand it as I got older. Yeah. Cause you, when you, you know, when you interact with other people and other families and you realize that, Oh, not everyone's like that. Yeah. You know, um, Shelton's mom on yes. Big Bang Theory. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she like says like those little things that are really kind of racist. Yeah. <laughs> but when when that happened, okay, I, I grew up small town, very, very white community up northern or northern New York. And I didn't really realize that the things that people used to say, like Sheldon's mom on mm-hmm. Big Bang Theory. Yep were racist until I moved down here where, you know, there's a lot of different races that live in Oklahoma city, um, real close together. Cause I went from that school to Midwest city. So it was kind of a culture shock Mm -hmm. to see all these different races. And I really had to watch what I said. I had to think about it before I said it because I didn't want to offend anybody with, because I had never realized before I moved here that that was a racist remark. Because it becomes part of your vocabulary because you hear your parents say it, but you don't really understand what it means. Yeah. It's just slang. Mm-hmm. You don't realize that it's a bad thing. Right. Because you're not meaning it in a mean way. But, you know, if you're raised that way. Yeah. Right. I yeah. think like I grew up in a, a small Midwestern town, but I think the thing that helped, well, obviously my parents, they, you know, they mm-hmm. weren't necessarily subscribed to that. But I grew up not out, not far outside of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so there was, there was not a lot of diversity in my town, mm-hmm. but when it came to, you know, traveling for school things or like being exposed to other activities and things, mm-hmm. we were a little bit more exposed, but I, even in, you know, my family or things around town, you yep. still got sort of that air mm-hmm. of those types of things going on. Yep. And so it, it was sort of this mix of both worlds almost. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, again, I think being close to the city helped, you know, diminish some of that a little bit. Yeah. But it, yeah, you can still, you feel it a little yeah. bit. And I remember that a lot when the projects closed down mm-hmm. in the city of Chicago mm-hmm. and people had nowhere to go. So they started, you know, blocking out. Integrating to, into the mm-hmm. suburbs. Yeah. Man, there was a lot of pushback. Um, I know people in my town were really unhappy. I just, I remember Mm. my parents sort of talking about it and I think I wasn't very young at the time. I would say late junior high, early high Mm -hmm. school, maybe around Mm -hmm. in that realm. And yeah, the, the, just the words are around town and different things. They, they weren't happy. They were going to put in more, um, low income housing and different things. I think it's maybe evened out now, you know, change is never easy, but that was the first time I really People like, fear well, what they don't understand. Yeah. And yeah. when somebody is from a different culture, they're different. Mm-hmm. And you have to adjust the way you think and feel about things because everyone's different. Their point of view is different. Mm-hmm. Right. I was glad to see the diversity sort yeah. of come in and do that. And, mm-hmm. But I know not a lot of people were. I don't know how people feel about it now. I'm very far removed from the town I grew up in. I haven't lived there for years. And You're years, in the middle so. of the Bible about now, baby. Yes, which talk about a shock. (laughs) She's in Amarillo, Texas, where um, right outside of Amarillo, Mm -hmm. uh, as I was driving back to Houston from Wyoming, uh, the year Obama got elected, I was driving along a back road and he was hung in effigy. Yeah. In Texas. Yep. Yeah. And I actually saw that with my own eyes and took a photo of it. I couldn't believe, I could not believe it. Yeah. At it, this day and age, it's stuff like that I could still not, happens. I could not believe it. It was an extreme culture shock, I think, for my husband and I both, because growing up, um, and again, I grew up close to Chicago, so that, and mm-hmm. that was not how I was raised. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were living in a huge college town where I had gone to college and he had lived most of his life. And there's a great amount of diversity mm-hmm. and, and other things there. And then we moved to Amarillo and we're like, uh okay (laughs) i mean it was just so different you know and there are a lot of good things about the move but yeah when and to be very fair to texas and texans Mm -hmm. not everyone there is like that no absolutely no No. i met some really incredible people and some friends for life down there Mm -hmm. and when we lived in houston it was the most cosmopolitan place i have ever been in my life and i loved it there i loved Mm -hmm. the integration in different cultures i mean i learned so much while i was there Mm -hmm. yeah and tom and i have actually made some really great friends who yeah they don't fit sort of that stereotype Mm -hmm. yeah i mean in texas is so so big yeah it is people forget that Um, hugely big i will say this even though culturally it's extremely extremely different from what our thought system are on a lot of things Mm -hmm. um it's still a very welcoming place. It, I would it, Texas say. is very welcoming. Mm-hmm. If you put Texas and Oklahoma side by side for welcoming, Texas will win every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very nice people. They're very nice to your face. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Oklahoma, they're, they're just right out hostile. But, you know, in Texas, they're nice to your face and then wait till they get home to diss you. <laughs> Bless her heart. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hate that. <laughs> And then yeah. this yeah. Yankee who just moved in, bless yep. her heart. Bless oh, her heart. Yeah, I mean, I we've lived there for six and a half years. I still have people that I work with that are from Amarillo. They will, there are certain words and they're like, say it again, say it again. Yep. No, mm-hmm. leave it's, me alone. It's pretty strong in Amarillo. Yeah. Yes, it is. Like, you sound so different. Yeah. Don't, but. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I suppose I were finished that up so people will know what this book is, which really was good. I liked it. Because it was so different. It didn't fit into any of those tidy little boxes. It just didn't. And I think that's why the people on Goodreads gave it the ratings they gave it. Not because it was not a good book, but because it didn't fit into any of those stereotypical genre Well, then, if types. you pick up a book thinking it's a murder mystery and you're reading it and it's not and you're going, where's my mystery, damn it? Well, it is about this girl who... Yeah, I mean, it's just a very loose association. It's more about the people. It's about you find out. It's the story. Yeah, you find out what happens to her and you find out why. I felt immersed while I was reading this book. That's a good feeling. Yeah, it is. But like I said, it is extremely different 
I kind of like what they said about the end. This is somebody else's review, by the way, on Goodreads. It says, though the characters' triumphs are often modest, the hope for redemption is real. And Kennedy brilliantly shows that there is nothing average about an average life. I thought that's that's a really good... That is good. It is. Mm-hmm. And I, Why can I never come up with anything like that when I'm doing I don't my know. Goodreads reviews? I'm like... It was good. I liked it. Well, you know what I said? In well, the, that's why I don't do reviews. I don't know. <laughs> Here, I'm going to read the last two sentences of my review on Goodreads. I really enjoyed this book, even though it was a bit unconventional. Ah, hell, who am I kidding? I liked it because it was different because that's my jam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's the difference between that eloquent sentence that came from the Goodreads and review you. and mine. Oh, I but I really that, did I mean, like that's sums it up pretty well and it had a tornado in it mm. so you know that was my connection <laughs> it was called it was called tornado weather by deborah elaine kennedy who i'm predicting is going to be a force in the literary world i cannot awesome. wait to see what her next i almost said album what her next book <laughs> will be and i am buying a first edition copy of tornado weather for my shelf I'm gonna look up your book too. I think oh, I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna read all you three read of the it. books that. Yeah. That's what Shona said too. We're just increasing everybody's Nicole, TBR. I'll let you borrow this. I don't read as fast as you guys. So <laughs> That's fine. I can't read 300 pages in a day. <sighs> well, yeah. I fall asleep after about no. 20. <laughs> there are days when I try to. I'll start a book and I'll literally fall asleep after reading for 10 or 15 yeah. minutes, and it's brutal. Yes. Yeah. You when you're trying so hard, you're like, yeah. I just want to finish I have the this sleep timer. I'm very honest with myself. If I'm feeling a little drowsy, mm-hmm. <laughs> I totally put that sleep timer on. I hate that when I do that because then I'll wake up. I'm like, huh? And your book is over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, I know. And then you have audible. to find where you were. Yeah. I've done that before. <laughs> Which is the worst because then it never goes back. Yeah. Like, okay, I, I heard always that, use but... the sleep timer. Always, always, always. You spend like 45 minutes trying to find where you're at. And then you only have 15 <laughs> yeah. minutes of your lunch break left to listen to your yeah. book. That you're or, like, damn it. If you're like me, I just get frustrated. I'm like, you know what? I'll just listen to, you know, I'll listen to these five chapters again. I don't even yeah, care. Yeah, that's what I do. I end up listening to a whole bunch of it a second time. Yeah. But... It's but like, audiobooks are so awesome. I That is probably the single most important technological advance in my world in the last 15 years mm-hmm. is all of the audiobooks that have become available. I just absolutely... And the ease at which you can get them. You don't have to drive to the library and borrow it anymore. Mm-hmm. You click, borrow, return, no late fees, which I raising my hand am the queen of previous late fees from the library and i am a volunteer librarian i would just really yeah. suck at returning things when i uh, so. first rented pillars of the earth to listen to because it was on the cds um i worked at the library twice a week and i still was a week late returning the book and had to pay the fees. <laughs> and she could have just clicked renew again yeah and i no. didn't i didn't <laughs> And I went to the library How twice many a week. Was that like fifty? It, it was, oh. That thing was like this. The, <laughs> it the was case thick. itself was it's, this thick. Yeah, oh my it's God. huge. I work with um, a guy who he he reads and does stuff. But I had said one day I was reading a book, and I think then I said something about having to turn it off, and he goes, um, "So you're not reading the book?" And I, my husband I says said, that what? too. I'm I, like, no. Don't you tell me I'm listening. I'm fucking reading yeah. over here. Yeah. And that's why I said, I said, you know what? Fine. I'm listening <laughs> uh, to exactly the book. That's exactly what I said to my husband, too. <laughs> and, so, and he's a good guy. He was giving me a hard time. He's like, so he wanted to have this little debate. And I said, fine, fine. But either way, I'm going to know the story. So, But I was like, I don't even want to tell you whatever I was telling you about the book. Never mind. It's a moment just passed. Buck right off, yeah. buddy. You're going to split hairs with me. Yeah. He's, so it's not reading. And I was like, okay, well, it's reading. you can go leave me alone now. <laughs> Do not fuck with me. You yeah. still get the story and it increases your vocabulary because you're listening to words that you may not normally use in your day-to-day life. Exactly. And you're listening to accents and learning to recognize the way other people talk, which is so cool. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. There's only one kind of book I don't like to listen to audiobooks, and that's my romance books. 
Oh, you want to read those? I want to read those. and But every other book I'm fine listening to. But it, the romance, I have to I admit that read. it is really unnerving. I, there for a while, um, I actually picked up uh, J.D. Robb, which I didn't realize at the time was a romance because it's a futuristic detective novel where there just happens to be a shitload of sex and romance. But the, I picked up the first one. And so I was listening to it. I was really enjoying it. And I was in, I was at the doctor's office and I, I had it in my ears. And a, the most graphic sex scene comes on. And I'm listening to this and I'm like looking, looking around. around. <laughs> I was at the, I, didn't, I don't remember. I was at some place like, I don't know, the urologist and all these old men sitting around me. It was just so super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I was so embarrassed for myself. Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting there listening to the sex scene with all these old men around me. I'm like, okay, I'm not doing this. I have to turn it off. They don't set, for me, I, I tried it one time with one of the companion novels to, and I'm going to, that okay, unpopular it's okay. opinion, it's okay. of one of the companions to the Fifty Shades of Grey novels, and I hated listening to it. And so I just, I scrapped it, sent it back. Because I already had the book. I was just yeah. trying to get, you know, through it a little bit faster mm-hmm. so I could go on to the next. But it just, it feels <laughs> creepy listening to it. I don't know. It doesn't feel right. See, that doesn't hey, bother me. It's like, it's like a dirty little, it's like when it. you're sitting at your desk and you're listening to it, like, you know, one of those kind of books. And he you're like, it's like his you're... fingers down her right. bu- bosom. Yeah. But it's and like... if I'm typing a note, I'll type, whoa. <laughs> like... Your eyes all of a sudden go boom. Yep. That wasn't supposed to be in, in your chart. Sorry. <laughs> it's like a dirty little secret, though, when you listen to it and nobody oh. knows what you're listening to. And they're like. What do you listen to? I'm like, mm, historical fiction. <laughs> <laughs> that would be you, Bonnie. That, that sly side eye you got going a, on over there. This is about World War II. Yeah. <laughs> World War II and crotch the panties. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's a book for that, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Kind of like when I was listening to... <laughs> Well, that was the, part of your book today. So. The one that, that I did. <laughs> the, the earlier one. Or the oh, earlier yeah. one. Yeah. Unmentionables. They're talking about crotchless panties, and I'm sitting at my desk at work, like working titles, <laughs> and they're talking about crotchless panties in my ear. Sorry, I totally got those reviews mixed up there just now. Yeah. Since we did these two no, virtual world the tour one that episodes I did back to back. Today was an actual book. I didn't do the audio of this one. We, thank you for being uh, one of our first virtual world tour guests, official, because, you know, Brittany was the original all those years ago. Dallas. Yes, Brittany, Brittany from, from Dallas. Dallas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was actually our original virtual world tour person before we knew what it was called. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> or three book girls. it was cool. <laughs> three book girls tourist. <laughs> we have some of those that could come. Thank you for having us. me. Yes. It was a lot of fun. Did you, well, cool. did you feel intimidated by us? No, not at all. See? We're nice people. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Most of the time. Very wide definition. Unless Martha's hangry. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I am kind I got of... to fangirl, you know. See everybody. <laughs> <laughs> see where it all happens. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Well, we highly encourage um, tour- tourism in Oklahoma City. So <laughs> if you want to come and do it live and you're capable of it, then we'll welcome you with open arms. Otherwise, we'll do some of the virtual world tour episodes. Uh, we have a bunch of international people that we're getting ready to bring into the fold. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think our first yeah. international one will be from Belgium. So Wow. Yeah, we're very excited about that. Can't wait to listen to all of them. I know, right? It's going to be fun. I love having the expansion of our tribe mm-hmm. happen like it has, you know. We always said we were going to take over the world one book at a time. Right, exactly. It's nice to have other people to talk about books with. I really don't have any anybody to, to do that with. And there yeah. are so many people that are in that exact same position, which is why we started the podcast in the first place. Yeah. yeah so. In my office at work, there's only about three of us who are readers in there. And it was they, somebody came in the other day to ask me a question. And they said something. And one of the other girls, Heather, in the office... Um, she's like, she's a reader. And he goes, <laughs> she rolled her eyes. She rolled her eyes and said, she's <gasps> she a reader. That and bitch. then the guy who had come in to ask a question, he was like, oh, she's one of those people. 
I'm gobsmacked. Isn't that workplace harassment? I think so. I think you should call HR. HR. Yeah. And you know what? She's one of the readers, so she would understand. That's right. She's the one that's reading the Game of Thrones again. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. We're going to have to eventually have a Game of Thrones episode. We'll, we'll get somebody well, in who's read the actual books. I have read them. All of them? Uh, like the first four of them. Oh, my gosh. We're going to have to have a Game of Thrones episode eventually. If you didn't do that, you're going to have to give me a chance to, like... I will. Kind of watch some episodes. We'll do- I've watched some of them, but I don't remember well, them. Well, I have them now, so... Oh, there's a lot of characters, aren't there? Yes. From mm-hmm. what yes. I've heard. A yeah. lot. Oh, yeah. Yes. Is it but easy to follow them? Yeah, okay. it is. Because it well, starts out in the as, books, probably. But no, it is in the books because really? they start out as a family, like the Stark family. So you see them all together and then you kind of see the other families. And then it it's almost like, do you like Lord of the Rings? There's a lot of characters in Lord of the Rings, too. I do not like. Did you oh. read Pillars of the Earth? No. But it's like the books are pretty easy to follow. It's a saga, a family saga with a little bit of um, weird sprinkled in. Not enough weird for this girl, but, you know. (laughs) Is it easier to read the actual books or to listen to them? I I can't audio book at all, so I cannot answer that correctly. Like if I try try and listen to audio book, I will listen to hours of it and then not yeah. No, what, remember ex- anything that happened. I, I don't, not that I don't remember. I, think I just a, don't. A hard copy would be the only way to go with this one. See, that's kind of what I yep. was thinking too, especially mm-hmm. with all the names and yeah. characters, and I would yeah. just space on. But they all are of kind them. of like the some the books do get a little um, like lengthy in the fact yeah. it's kind of like like Robert Jordan. Yeah, Robert Jordan is, is sometimes spectacular. They, I just th- thought they should have made the wheel of. Sometimes they'll be doing something and it'll just go on a little bit too long. But if you can just get through it, Mm -hmm. like you're good. Well, that or for me with a a physical book, if it is something that's dragging on, because I'm a Stephen King fan. Yeah, I feel that. Flip, flip, flip. Yeah, I I do that too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. skim. Yep. Don't really really need to read this 12 page description (laughs) of a fucking fight scene. Flip, flip, flip. Or what a blade of grass looks like. (laughs) I swear, Stephen King is great about that. I'm like, really? Okay. That's one of the reasons that I have a problem with some Stephen King books is they just get too wordy. Mm -hmm. Don't you diss the king? I'm just saying some. I love Stephen King. There's only been one book, but you're right, and there. That's why I like to read his books physically. I like really bad guys. We're gonna have to stop. Yeah, please. (laughs) I have to pee. I'm leaving it one way or another. So. Nicole, I'll tell you what. Nicole has to pee. So on that note, that's going to do it for <laughs> Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.